are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. For Father's Day this morning, I have a message that I entitled this morning, Into the Deep. I love my dad. I honor my dad. But the truth of the matter is, is I say, God, you've given me a sound mind. God, help me, Lord, when I'm tired. We, we never had kids for 10 years, and it was just amazing. We just thought of this yesterday. Yesterday was Mackenzie, my oldest birthday at 10 years old. She had her 10th birthday yesterday. It's like, wow, we were barren for 10 years, and now my oldest is 10. Praise God. But sometimes I get home and maybe I've had a rough day at the office and I come home and that little Liberty at six-year-old jumps up in my lap and says, let's play, Dad. It's just like, play? I got nothing left. That's what I gave you siblings for. Go play with them. But sometimes we got to do what we don't want to do. And we got to reach down and say, God, would you give me the strength today to be the dad that you've created me to be? To be able to play, to be able to remember how to play. Dad, let's play. What do you want to play? I don't know. Let's just play. What does that mean? I forget. I forget. So I try to come up with some creative game because I have to have some kind of a rule or some kind of a structure. But sometimes they just want to sit on the floor and climb on top of you and take little ponies and make them move around and talk to one another. And it's like, wow, have you ever had to try to have a conversation with a pony? Hello, Liberty. How are you? My name's not Liberty. It's Starfield. Hi, Starfield. Like, it's just like, where do you go from there? So all of us in this room have had different situations and different upbringings that have molded us into the man or woman that we are today. You know, the good are things like, you know what, sometimes you get a let, I get an email or a, a card that says, you know, Pastor Man, that was a great sermon on Sunday. Really touched my heart. Just wanted to say thank you. Interpretation, Pastor, you're hearing from God. Way to go, I love you. We've had bad happen too, haven't we? You know, I had... A time as a pastor, this was back in Edmonton, and I've shared this story once here before, so if you've heard it, just give me grace. It's the only one I could tell because the other ones, everybody's in this room, and I don't want to talk about you. <laughs> but I had this, this guy, and I came in. I was getting ready to lead worship, and I know that his wife was in the hospital. I heard him talking to some of the other people. He's like, I'm so mad. My wife's in the hospital. Not one pastor, not one pastor came to visit my wife. I just kind of overheard him. I'm like, that's not true. Pastor Merrill went there yesterday to see your wife. And um, once I started talking to him about that, he goes, really? A pastor came? I'm like, yeah, a pastor came. He goes, oh. I said, so we cool? He goes, yeah, we're cool. I go, good. He goes, you, you winked at me. I'm like, yeah. He goes, do you know what the Bible says about people who wink? And I'm like, no. He goes, well, you should. You're the pastor. I'm like, you know what, where does it, I'm not sure where does it say that. He goes, well, you should know the scripture. You're going to have to look it up. 
But what the Bible says is it says that the person who winks is evil. He goes, and you're an evil man. I'm like, I am? He goes, yes, you're evil. I'm like, you got to excuse me. i got to go lead worship now. So I went up to the front, and I started leading worship. But that whole time I'm leading worship, I'm like, how can I be leading worship? I'm evil. And it's just going around my head, going around my head, going around my head. I get off the stage, and I, I go right in my office, and I type in Bible, uh, uh, winking in the Bible. And I find this little scripture in Proverbs that says, basically, if you, if you see somebody steal something and you wink at them, you're as guilty as that person is. And I'm like, oh. So I went after him on the service. I said, hey, listen, I looked up that, sir, uh, that scripture. Here's what the scripture is. Here's where it's found. Here's what it means. So... You know, obviously, you, you took it out of context there. I'm not an evil man, and this is what it's saying. He goes, and he turns to me, he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, you're evil. He says, I know you're evil. He says, the Bible says so, and you are evil. I'm like, wow. So then he comes, like, he leaves the church, and he comes a few, uh, about a month later. He goes, have you noticed that I haven't been around the church for a while? I'm like, yeah. He goes, do you want to know why? I'm like, I, th I think I can figure it out. <laughs> he goes, it's because you're evil. Do you want to go for coffee with me and talk about it? I'm like, No. I don't. I gave you the interpretation. I showed you what the scripture meant. If you want to think I'm evil, go ahead. I love the Lord, and you got to take it up with him. Interpretation, it was bad time. I walked in that place for a long time thinking, am I Lord, am I an evil man? But you know what? We've also had the ugly, haven't we? The ugly are, are things that maybe a mom or a dad or a teacher or someone of influence does and they don't mean to hurt us or scar us, but we don't forget them. You know, I know as a dad, one of the things I hate the most is teaching my kids to ride without training wheels. It is awful. And I had such a bad time with Mackenzie. I don't remember Mackenzie. I think it went all right with Mackenzie. But Lucas, it was a tough time with Lucas, and now Liberty's at that stage. So I'm sitting there trying to teach Liberty, and we're, I'm running behind her, I'm running behind her, and it's... And as soon as I would just sort of take my hand away, and I'm saying, okay, I'm going to take my hand away, but I'm going to run with you, and I'll catch you. If you fall, I'm going to run right beside you. And as soon as I would do that, she would take her feet and go, and I'm like, honey, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> you know, it's not going to work. And I'm, and I'm running, and, and as soon as I do that, she did that and did that and did that. I'm like, listen, honey, do you want to learn to drive with your training wheels off? Yes. Well, then you got to do it, honey. You can't just do this A stance every time I do it. So finally, okay, Dad. So she goes, and she goes, and I, and I start to let her go again, and she does that. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I grab her bike, and I throw it on the lawn. I'm like, we're done. I'm like, oh, that's probably an ancient path issue right there. And I had to sit down with her, and I had to say, you know what, honey? Daddy blew it. I probably shouldn't have been training you with a bike today. Daddy's in a bad mood, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And she said yes, and better able to walk in that place, but we've all had these different things in our lives. We've all had people say and speak things into our heart, and I found this, this video clip this morning from uh, Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell, and I thought it was kind of cute to illustrate the point. Sammy? Yeah? Hey. Hey. What are you doing? Nothing. Internet dating? No. Mail order bride? No. Just kidding. Look, uh, got some good news. I got you put on a new team. You're not on the Gladiators anymore? No. You're on the Tigers. The Tigers? Yeah. They're in last place. Yeah, but you're gonna get more playing time. Did Grandpa trade me? No. 
Yes, wait. Gosh, I'm happy this has happened. This is a good thing. You know, it doesn't seem like a good thing, but it's a good thing. Because trust me, you do not want to be the kid that's on the other end of the bench. You do not want to be that kid. Because I know that kid. You don't want to be him. Okay. You don't, you don't want to be the kid who has such suppressed rage that his heart's about to burst through his chest. You don't want to be that kid that when he thinks about what his dad did to him. You, I know that kid. I know that kid lives right here in this house. Mom! Is he? Oh, Mom! He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't actually. Phil. Yeah. Try not to cry in front of him. <laughs> hey, hey, get a grip on yourself, okay? Man up. I can't. Well, you better or else I'm getting out of here. Here, drink this coffee. I don't like coffee. It's a vassal constrictor. Hey, coffee is the number one drink in the world. Everybody drinks it. Even little kids in Mexico drink coffee. Well, I'm not a little kid in Mexico, okay? In fact, I don't know who I am. I took a long, hard look at myself in the mirror. You know what I saw? What? Nothing! My dad, he's something. I mean, I've never lived up to my dad's expectations. And to top it all up, I'm letting sand down my own side. <laughs> hey! Ow! Knock it off. I don't care about that. Why is everyone slapping me lately? Drink the coffee. It'll make you feel better. You know what, it's a, it's a comedy, it's a funny movie, but the truth in that is I could never live up to my dad's expectations. What ugly moments have you had? We've all had them, but we can't let them define us. Because what the enemy does is he gives us a false lie that says that's who you are. And all of a sudden, panic comes in. It's like, I know that kid. And, and all of a sudden, panic comes in. It's just like, it's like, just like whoa. It's like, no, that's, that's maybe who you were, but that's not who you are. Let's read from Judges chapter 6 this morning. Then the angel of the Lord came, and beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash and the clan of Abiezer, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grade from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. The Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel. For the Ammonites I'm sending you. But, the Lord, but, but Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest of the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Today is Father's Day. I believe in the men in this church. We have amazing guys Men who are passionate for the Lord, whose desires are to be men of faith and priests in their homes. Men, in the scriptures, I see three things that can help us grow into what the Lord has for us as mighty heroes. Number one is the Lord calls Gideon a mighty hero 
and then Gideon questions, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us, and where are all the miracles our ancestors are telling us about? Have you ever had that thought? God, if, if, if you are who you say you are, God, if you really love me, then God, why is this happening to us? Why is this going on right now? That why question goes back thousands of years. It was asked in the Old Testament by Job, and we, we've, we've seen so many things, two world wars, we've seen 9-11, we've seen the killing fields of Cambodia, and we walk in that place and say, God, why is this happening on our, on our earth? A great apologetic of our time, Lee Strobel says, but, um, unlike some other religions, leaders who wrote off the pain and suffering as just being illusions, Jesus was honest and he told the truth. He says in John 16, you will have suffering in this world. He didn't say you might, he said it's gonna happen. But why? If you ask me point blank, why did this happen? Why did that happen? The truth of the matter is I don't know. I don't have God's mind. I don't have God's th thoughts. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything in perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Well, then if that is the case, why didn't God merely create a world without tragedy and without suffering? See, the answer is he did. Genesis 1.31 says God saw all that he had made, and it was good. So then if God is not the author of tragedy or evil or death, where did it come from? Well, God has existed from eternity past as Father, Son, and Spirit, together in a relationship of perfect love. So love is the highest value in the entire universe. And the only way that God could share love with us as people, is to be able to give us a free will. You, you remember as a, as a kid, those dolls that had the pull strings on them? You know, I, re, I remember like a, a Susie Talks a Lot or whatever like that, and you pull the string and it says, Mama, I love you. Did that doll really love the little girl that she pulled the string? Absolutely not. That doll was programmed to say, Mama, I love you. But when we have that free will and we have that understanding, God has opened up that door for us to be experienced the greatest mystery of the entire universe through the gift of love. But that had to come through the gift of free will. So let's make this crystal clear. God did not create evil and suffering. Now it's true that he did create the potential for evil to enter the world because that was the only way to cre create the potential for genuine goodness and love but it was human beings in our free will who brought the potential evil into reality. There's one scripture that when I feel hurt, when I don't understand that I like to hold on to deep into my heart, it's a promise for the Lord for you and me and it's found in the book of Romans. Romans 8:28 says, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called by his divine purpose. My friends, we can put that deep into our heart we can take that to the bank. I don't know what kind of life you've had, whether it's been a life of suffering or whether it's been a life of, 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 of sorrow and trouble. But when those times come, each one of us in this room have a choice. Whether we run to God as our Father to be able to fill that void or whether we blame God and say, God, you're not a fair God. My friends, 
that decision is going to come our way, 100% guaranteed. And when that decision comes, are you going to be ready in your heart? Now, I know we can never be ready for something. Sometimes we get what I call in life uppercutted. A situation happens that we're not expecting. It comes out of the blue. You get a phone call and a loved one leaves on a, on a road trip and the car goes off the road and death happens. You weren't expecting it. But when we go to our Father and we say, God, I don't understand why, God. But Lord, I want to draw close to your presence, God. God, I am hurting so much right now. No husband, no wife, no friend can fill that hurt. But Lord, you can. For that 10 years that Cindy and I couldn't have kids, man, we cried. And we got angry. And I don't understand why it didn't happen for 10 years. But now I look back, I say, man, God, you turned that around for good. Because truthfully, if my daughter today was 20 years old, I don't know, I don't know back in that day at the beginning whether she would have had the foundation that she has now. And that's for her personally. But for Cindy and I as a couple, we got to grow together in our marriage. We got to work out a lot of our stupid insecurities. And we got to stand in that place where we're just kind of like, you know what, Lord, when there's other people who struggle with barrenness, God, you open up doors for us to be able to love on them, us to be able, for us to be able to minister to them, for us to be able to have the faith to believe for a miracle for them. And we've seen so many people who've been barren for years be able to conceive. Why? Because we know it can happen. It's not like, oh, man, Lord, I can't see the trees for the forest because the Lord is taking us up to that, that, that high level where we got to see the entire thing, and it's awesome. God is awesome. Number two, you are the solution. Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. Rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. But Gideon's response was, but Lord... Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. You found yourself saying that? And we see Moses said that to the Lord. Gideon says that to the Lord. God, don't use me. Use somebody else. There's, there's somebody else who's much better suited for that. And the Lord's like, no, I've got you for this reason. You need to trust me. You need to get out of the boat. I'm calling you to walk on water. My mom used to always say to me, how can, I, how can I soar with the eagles when I'm surrounded by turkeys? The Lord sometimes calls us, come on, the eagles are soaring. Get off the ground. It's time for you to fly. It's, it's, it's time to grow up and stop worrying about all this stuff that the turkeys worry about because you're not a turkey, you're an eagle. And it's like, whoa, God, you're calling me to a completely new level in you. God, my whole mind, my whole thoughts have been so caught up in stuff that is not important. And Lord, you've renewed my mind and given me your mind on this situation. And God, I am an overcomer. The pastors and the board of this church over the little while have been studying the book of Acts. And as, uh, a, few, um, a few weeks ago, we read Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter 14, verse 23 says, Paul and Barnabas also anointed elders in every church with prayer and fast. They turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they put their trust. That blew me away. Why? 
Because here's Paul and Barnabas. They're just going around planting churches everywhere and be like, okay, um, Randy, how long have you been saved for? Okay, you got saved for three weeks? Great, you're going to be the pastor. And here you go. Here's, your, here's what you got. We're going to pray for you. We're going to release you. I've been praying, fasting. The Lord gave me your name. See you later. I'll probably never see you again. But you got the church. And all of a sudden, it was like, wow. But I think in today's society, we just want training. Oh, I'm not ready for that. I need to be trained. I need to be trained. I, I, I can't do that. I need to be trained. I think we are so trained that we need to step out. It's easy to sit there with a notepad and a pen and take notes, but it's hard to be able to take that and step out and say, God, I don't think I got this all down. But Lord, by faith, here I am, Lord, use me. Man, that is faith living. That is living on the edge. I don't know about you, but if anyone in this church is bored, <laughs> Holy Spirit is not boring. Holy Spirit brings us life. He brings us to places that are just kind of like, oh, I don't know, Lord. I don't know if I want to do this. He's like, try it, try it, try it. And I can see the, hey, hey, Gabriel, Gabriel, come over here. Michael, come over you got, Check this out. Check this out. I just put something on Hayward's heart. Let's see if he does it. Let's see what he does. And yes! I think that's what's happening in heaven. It's just like, come on, step out. I've given you a legion of angels at your disposal. I just need you to step out. I need you to release them. I need you to be the man, the woman that I've created you to be. Come on. My friends, if God is for you, who can be against? When Holy Spirit is inside you, he will bring you to that place where he wants us to rely completely upon him. I made a choice when I moved to Cold Lake to not tell hunting stories in our services. I've never, ever, ever, I've told, maybe I went hunting, but I've never, ever told about a hunt. And I've done that because, I, well, I've got some letters and stuff and saying, how awful are you for being a hunter? And, and that's cool. Like, there's, there's people in Cold Lake who are hunters and there's people who don't like that and I respect that. But as I was preparing this message, the Lord put a hunt on my heart that I wanted to share with you this morning. So if you're not a hunter, would you just give me a little bit of grace this morning? Because I think there's a principle that we need to catch in it. Okay? See, when I first moved here, I, I lived in Toronto. I lived in Edmonton. I lived in Calgary. I went to Cold Lake. I never even shot a gun in my life. You know, I remember walking in West Edmonton Mall, and they had that, that shooting range thing in there. And being like, that is so cool. Man, like, I would love to do that. And I'd go there. And, I, and I, honestly, I went there like six times. I'm like, how much is it? Like, it's like 50 bucks. I'm like, 50 dollars. I just don't have $50. But I'd watch people through the window shoot and just be like, that is so awesome. And then uh, the first time I got here, Corey Colburn got me in the back of his truck to go on a, on a gopher hunt. And, and I'm like, once I step in the back of this, there's no turning back. I 100% a redneck. If I stand in the back with a 22 driving through a field shooting gophers. It stretched me. So I got in the truck and I did that, but then I'm like, this is kind of fun and I wanted to try hunting. So my first hunt, like I, I, I went out and, and Luke Lemieux, who's moved on to, uh, to Quebec now, he took me out and I, and, I, and I shot a deer one year and it was kind of like, okay. And, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this or not. Like truthfully, if I shoot this deer, I might start crying. 
I might because I don't know. And when I did it, I'm like, okay, I didn't cry. That was all right. I, I enjoy this. This is fun. I'm, I'm having a good time. And then the next year, when spring came up, Randy Mizey came up to me and says, hey, you want to hunt bear this year? I'm like, bear? Now, you have to understand, for me, that whole thing of hunting a bear is very, very scary. I'm a city boy. I've never, I've never hung out with bears. I have no idea what they're like. My only knowledge of bears is Little House on the Prairie when Edward, what's his name, Mr. Edwards gets attacked by a bear and it almost kills him. How many people saw that episode? Okay. If not, you watch it and you'll have a lot of respect for bears. They're very scary animals. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hunt a bear. So the very first time I go out, um, I, again, a guy who's moved away now, his name is uh, Dana Harrison, takes me out hunting and he sets up a bait and he's like, we've got a bear coming in. I'm going to get you to sit up in this tree with, with, uh, with me and we'll, we'll, we'll see if that bear comes in. So we go up there and we sit there all night and nothing happens. So he says to me afterwards, he goes, you got to go tomorrow because, again, it's, it's coming there and you need to be able to do it. So I'm like, okay, I need to be able to do it. So the next day I called Dane up. I said, so are we going to go? He's like, oh, I can't. I'm, I'm too busy tonight. I can't go. I'm like, but you said I'm going to have to, like, I should go tonight. He goes, yeah, you, you really should go. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go by myself. Like, it's a bear. He's like, you know what? Why don't you call another guy who's moved on to, to, to uh, High Prairie, Lee Baldwin. Call Lee Baldwin. He's a hunter. He goes, now, let you know, if you call Lee and a bear comes in, he'll probably shoot it and use your tag. But, but I'm like, I don't care. I just want to... I just want to see this. So, so I call Lee's like, Lee's like, yes, I'm in. That's awesome, Pastor. So we go out there, and we sit there all night, and no bear comes in. I'm like, okay. So the third night, I call Dana, and Dana can't. And I call Lee, and Lee can't. I'm like, well, Dana says i got to get out there. What am I going to do? So I don't know any other hunters in the church and who, who I could call and can help me out there. So I call Gord Clark up. Now, Gord is not a hunter at all. And I'm like, how can I get him to go bear hunting with me just because I just felt that if the bear comes and attacks us up a tree, I could probably run faster than him, and it'll eat him, and I'll, and I'll be able to get away. So, so I said to, to, to Gord, I said, Gord, he was the guy leading worship today. I said, Gord, would you come out and, and videotape for me my hunt? Because I knew that he wouldn't come if I was just like, would you come hunting with me? He goes, oh, yeah. Sounds great. I said, but I'm going to give you a gun. I said, do you know how to use a gun? He goes, oh, yeah, I was in the military. I know how to use a gun. I'm like, okay, good. And I said, I'm going to give you a gun just in case I miss because I'm not a hunter and, and I don't know how good of a shot I am. But just in case I miss and the bear comes and attacks, you are well equipped. All right? So we sit there all night and nothing comes in. And I'm like, come on. So then Randy says, Lance, I got a bait that a bear's coming in. Why don't you come out there? I said, great. So he takes me out in this quad and drives out. And he takes me to this spot, and I, and I climb up a tree, and there's a, it's a one-person one chair. I, I said, where, where are you going to be? He's like, oh, I'm hunting up the road. I'll just drop you off here and pick you up later. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you'll be fine. If you, when, you, when you shoot a bear, just send me a text, and I'll be out there right away to help you out. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm by myself. I don't even know if I can shoot straight. And there's bears in the woods. And we're attracting them to where I am. 
And I start to panic, and, and, and he gets in the quad, and he leaves, and I'm by myself up in this tree stand, and I am scared to death. I am shaking. And I'm just like, oh, man. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, Lord, like, here I am. I know the bears are not going to come out for another couple hours yet, so I just need to pray and just kind of, I'm so scared. So I start to pray, and, 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 and as soon as I pray, I would hear a noise in the woods. I'd be like, Ugh! Like, okay, it's just a squirrel, and I put the gun down, and like, honestly, that's what it was like, you know, and then there, there was these rabbits that kept coming in and eating yotes, and every time these rabbits would come in, I'm grabbing my gun, and I'm just, like, I'm just, I'm, it's an awful hunter, like, it's just like, oh my goodness, like, this is terrible, and then I, I started talking to the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, I keep trying to pray, but I keep getting distracted, because I keep hearing all this stuff, I keep hearing all this, you know, all this noise in the, in the bush, and I'm getting so distracted, so I said, Lord, I don't care what happens. I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to pray for five minutes because I just feel like these last few nights I've wasted up at these trees doing nothing and not being able to spend time in your presence. So I close my eyes, and I'm hearing all this thing. I'm like, no, I'm praying. I just focus. I just start praying. I just start praying, and I just kind of start to relax and start to calm down, and all of a sudden I open my eyes when I'm finished my prayer, and there's a bear right there. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So the moment of truth comes, and I, I shoot my bear, and the bear takes off running, and I text Randy, and I say, Randy, I shot a bear. He goes, okay, um, I'm going to finish off my hunt there. I'll be there in about 45 minutes. I'm like, that is not right away. So I'm like, by the time he gets here, it's going to be dark, and I don't know if I got that bear, if I didn't get that bear, but I know one thing. I ain't getting out of this tree. So... I sat up there for about 10 minutes. I'm like, it's starting to get darker, starting to get darker. I'm like, I don't want to lose this thing. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go by myself and find this bear. So I put my gun over my shoulder. I climb down in the tree, and I walk, and I see some evidence that I did shoot him. And I, I walk a little bit farther, and there's a bear laying on the ground there. And I'm like, how do you know if he's dead? Like, I, maybe he's just waiting, like maybe he's just resting, waiting for me to come. And as soon as I come close to him, he's going to kill me. So I take my gun, I put my gun on him, and I'm like, okay. And I walk up to the bear, and I go. And he doesn't move, and I'm like, okay, I think he's dead. I said, well, there's one way to find out. So I put my gun behind a tree, and I reach down, and I pick him up, and I do a fireman's carry, and his head goes on my shoulder. And I'm like, I'm not dead. He's dead. All right. And, and why I wanted to share that story is because I was petrified. I was in a tree stand. I was all alone in the bush. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Here I am. I'm terrified of bears, and I'm tracking a bear by myself. I don't even know how to track. Church, fear is not from God. Gideon was afraid of his weaknesses, and he allowed insecurities to rule his life. Men, it's time for us to get out of the boat and see where God takes us. That was a big step of faith for me. And now I'm taking young Ernie out hunting and teaching him how to hunt because I enjoy it. And it's so funny because I see so much of where I was, I said to Ernie one time, I, 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 we, were, we were baiting, we were starting to get a bear coming. I'm like, you know what's so important that you fill that bait and you keep it going to keep that bear coming in. And when I get back from this meeting, we'll go out. And, 
and I came back, and the bait was empty, and, it was, and, and he didn't go out there. I'm like, bro, why didn't you go out? Now, well, the bear comes back in or not, he goes, okay, i got to be honest with i got to be honest with you, Lance. I said, what's that, you little leprechaun? <laughs> he says, I'm te- I was petrified to go out there by myself, so I'm just like, I don't care. The bait can go empty because I'm not going to be part of the bait. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, I understand. That's okay. But guys, are you allowing fear to hinder what God has for you in your life? God wanted Gideon to deliver his people. And Gideon said, God, not me. I'm the weakest. My tribe is the weakest, and I'm the weakest of the weakest. Don't use me. And the Lord, Lord's got such a great sense of humor, doesn't he? He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to use guys like David, who's the runt of the family, who, who Samuel, did, his father didn't even pull him out of the thing because it's like it's got to be one of these sons that can't be David. Gideon was the weakest of the weakest. And the, tri- the, uh, the, the tribe of Manasseh was so strong and so scary that he's like, there's no way I'm doing this. And as you read on, you're going to see about the fleeces that, that Gideon lays out and some of the, the, the things and how God is so patient with Gideon. I know that God is calling some of you guys to amazing things, but fear gets in that place. It's just like, I can't. I can't speak. I can't share. I don't have the strength to be able to do that in, the, in, in my work, I, I, around the, 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 the table, around the coffee break area. Lord, pick anyone else but me. And God's like, no, 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 no. I calling you. Get out of the boat. Remember that story with the boat? Peter gets out of the boat and starts to walk on water. My, I always wondered, once he started to walk on water, why didn't the other disciples jump out and say, that looks awesome? I don't know. But they sat there and watched. And then Peter started to sink because he took his eyes off the Lord. But what happened when he started to sink? Do you remember? Jesus put out his hand. We're going to sink. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to blow it. But when that happens, God the Father is up there so proud of us. And he's reaching out his hand. He says, you tried, man. You tried. I'm so proud of you. Next time, you're going to nail it. The last thing I see this morning, and team, would you come? is the Lord listens to all the reasons why Gideon thinks he chose the wrong man. The Lord says to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midnights as if you were fighting against one man. Men, like the Lord said to Gideon, he says to us, I am with you. In fact, for those who have asked Christ in their hearts, you are living for God and he is in you. There are so many scriptures If God is for us, who can be against us? He will never leave you or forsake you. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Guys, it's a men's service today. 
How many guys in here like to watch boxing, UFC, that kind of stuff? All right, how many guys don't? Cool. Mark, come on up here for a second. Do you notice there's something, yeah. Do you know there's something happens in every one of these boxing fights or, or, or whatever? Boxing, UFC, whatever. What is the first thing that the fighters do? Very first thing. Now, I usually shake hands first. Not, not, not yet. Not yet. That's right. They stare each other down. They get in that place, and they're like, I am going to kill you. I am going to rip your head off, and this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. I may break a knuckle on my, on my finger, but you're going to have a broken face in a minute. And they're giving these things to one another, and Mark is sitting there like, oh, no, you're not. I may be smaller than you, but, man, I'm dirty fighter. I'm going to do whatever it can do to be able I, I'm going to bite your ear is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and they, they walk in that place, and, and why do they do that? Intimidation. See, if I can intimidate Mark... By staring him down, in the in the they do that in the uh, in the weigh-ins, and then they do that again in the ring. And if I can intimidate Mark, and if I can get in his head, the fight is 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 won before the first punch is even thrown. The enemy does the exact same thing to us. In fact, there's a scripture in Revelations that shows us that at the end, the enemy will be revealed for who he is, and people will be like, that's it? That is what caused all these problems? That is what we were so afraid of? That? My friends, greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And the enemy wants you to think you can't do it. And the enemy wants to bring intimidation and scare tactics. And when that happens, we get to stand in that place and say, no, 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 no. God, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but that of love, of power. God, I want to be the man that you're calling me to be. I don't want to put expectations on me that are not from you. But Lord, what you're calling me to, I want to walk dead center in the middle of it, God. My friends, I have insecurities. I got things in my life that the Lord still needs to just kind of work out and and say, Lance, that's not who I called you to be, man. Come on, you can do it. And he challenges me and he pulls me to the mat. But I want to get out of the boat. I want to walk on water. I want to do what Holy Spirit is calling me to. And not miss it by the smallest of margins.
Guys, we need to learn to be the priest of our home. We need to pray with our kids and our wife and teach them that money is and things are not the answer. But Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is life. Can I get every dad in this room to stand to your feet? We have a gift for you. But before we release that gift, I think the greatest gift is having our kids come in and pray over us today. So we're going to call in the kids now. Come on in, guys. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.